they went here we are we're doing something special today we're actually on a zoom with i'm uh right. doing we're doing a zoom we have a guest welcome to stop me if i've heard this i'm susan rice that's and right. that's it's art krug right here you and, know that. Uh, if you turn it in you probably knew that but i'm glad right yeah and we have a great uh i have a, a friend that i met a comic friend uh a new comic friend we make new comic friends a lot yeah. And we're going to introduce him here in a second. Are you going to bring him into the room yet? Yeah, I'll bring him on in, and you're going to be uh, happy when I do. That's just all I'm yeah. going to say about it. And I'll He's let you introduce such a him. great guy. Okay. Okay. You can introduce us as well. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. He's he's about to join us. Okay. It's about to happen. It's about to happen. There he is. Oh, my God. Hello. Hello. It's Hi. happening just like that. Can wow. you everybody hear me well? Yes. yes, we can. We can hear you. We can okay. see you. I thought the first 20 minutes was going to be, I can I can see you, but I can't hear you. Wait, <laughs> now I can hear we you, but it. I can't see you. We got Hi. this. Ladies hello, and gentlemen, hello. we're going to introduce our wonderful uh, comedian friend today, Pat House. And Art, I'd like you to meet Pat. Yes, Pat, what a pleasure. Hello. Thank so, you for having me. I, I'm a fan. I was watching your stuff. Uh, I think it's really funny and really clever. Thank you. Very I appreciate good. that. Thank you very much. And we, Pat is uh, out of uh, Philadelphia originally. You're born and bred, right? Yep, still there. Drove to Albany, New York today, but Philly is still home. Yeah. And are you are you on your way today to up to back up to Albany? I, I'm already here. I just drove. I just got here oh, about thirty minutes ago. Okay, great. Okay, so I didn't know if you were going to leave after we did this or before. No, so, already okay. here. Then it's three hours till showtime, so it works out perfectly. Works out perfectly. It does. So uh, I'm uh, Pat, and I met uh, about a month ago in uh, up in Bremerton, Washington. He was out visiting his sister and doing shows. And uh, how long have you been at this, Pat? It'll be 19 years next month. Oh my God. And you're just still so young. It just kills me. Just well, like, damn. <laughs> yeah. I was a teenager when I started. So 37, uh, right? You're 37. I'm 38, but I, I was 19 when I started. So it's literally been half my life at this point now, which is wild. <laughs> That's great. Well, I, I was telling Art, I said, he's, he's young, but he started when he was like a baby. He couldn't right? even yeah. get into the bars, but, um, did yeah. you sneak into bars? Did you do shows in bars that you didn't? Oh, I did a ton of bar shows, but I don't think, I, n I never remember having an issue with not being 21. Um, I didn't drink at the time. So, yeah, so I, helped. so it wasn't like an issue. I was, I wasn't a risk for the bar or I wasn't going to do anything stupid. I was eager to do stand up, and I was only there for the open mic. So I don't, I don't, so it wasn't an issue, but I don't ever remember a bar even caring about underagers being, being in there for yeah. the open mic. Yeah. Well, that changed. Yeah. So that's good. That's, that was good. So yeah. Cause and, when and you're working, you're working tonight, you're at the, you're at the funny bone in Albany. Yes, I am. Awesome. Nice. And you're working, who are you working with again? Uh, this weekend is my buddy, Chris Porter. 
Oh God. Yeah. Very that's, funny. That's a powerhouse show. Oh my God. The two of you. It's fun. It's been, we, we we've done a bunch of shows together this year and they've all been really, really fun. Uh, well, so you're just terrific. Uh, oh, thank you. You just, you Great know, to talk to you again as well. I know. And you had me on your podcast, which is, and we'll, we'll put it in our notes and stuff too, but it's, I guess I'll do it. And it's a great phrase for a yeah, comic because right. I read it and I went, I know exactly what he's talking yeah. about. Again. Thank you. Thank you. One of our buddies who was on said, uh, doing a podcast is like jury duty for comedians, basically. <laughs> I love them. Uh-huh. Yeah. I love, okay. I love talking shop because well, it's like. And yours is really a good one because you yeah. do talk to all kinds of levels of comics. Yeah, oh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, I love talking. I mean, I've had a whole wide array of people, and uh, it's just so much fun to talk shop. And I love talking to successful comedians about their early days because we all sucked at the beginning. We all had to go through the trenches, and I love getting people's backstory and finding out why they got into it and what their very first set was like. That very which we first are going to ask you about. <laughs> okay, absolutely, absolutely. Because we were, Art and I always laugh about that because we were two weeks, about a week and a half, week apart. Two weeks apart. Starting. Yeah. Two weeks yeah, apart. Right. We're starting. And uh, that's wild. That's so cool yeah. that you that, that, that you were able to find that out too. Well, we were roommates and we were, roommates. Uh, we were in a play. Uh, we were in a yeah. play together and kind of dared each other to try stand up. And Susan was the brave one and went on first. And then she said, you know, that's all right. Water's fine. Come on in. So two weeks later, I did it. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. And, and it was, yeah, it was, uh, and we just celebrated our 40th year. But um, the thing about it is, is that uh, it's, you, what year did you start? Because I want to ask you about some stuff about that. It was October 13th, 2004. <gasps> so you're almost 20 years in. Yeah, it'll be, tw- I'll, I'll be 19 this October. So, but I mean, 20 so, is yeah, obviously, yeah. 20 yeah, is so obviously October, next year. happy. That's awesome. So we were laughing. I was asking Art to go, I want to ask him some great questions. And Art's going to ask you questions also. But yeah, they won't um, be great, but they'll be questions. They'll be they'll <laughs> be mediocre, but you know, heartfelt. They'll be heartfelt. Um so um what was do you remember what was it was October nineteen, what was nineteen? No, two thousand four. Two thousand four. Do you remember what was going on in the country in that at that time? What were people talking about? Hurricane Katrina. Okay. Okay. Because okay. I was taking several like um, journalism and public relations uh, classes at Temple University, and that was a big uh, topic throughout the entire year. Okay. So Hurricane Katrina, and also I went to Temple University in North Philly, and a lot of people that were um, displaced from New Orleans were put into uh, neighborhoods surrounding the college university. So we had a bunch of New Orleans transplants Ooh, in the neighborhood. Is that right? Oh, mm-hmm. wow. They were, I mean, they lost everything. And then they took these old abandoned schools in North Philly that didn't have any, uh, you know, that weren't in use anymore and then made them into residencies for the people that were displaced by the hurricane. So 
Uh, and I remember a lot of people having Hurricane Katrina jokes when I first started in the open mics. So like when you that ask me that question, question. Yeah, that was my next question. Yeah. I didn't have any Hurricane Katrina jokes, but it's so funny because when you asked you that question, I've never been asked that before. And that was so specific. And I knew the answer right away because I felt like my first couple weeks or months in the stand-up, it was just Hurricane Katrina in the news, around the college campus, at the open mics. Everywhere. Wow. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. I remember... So did you make any missteps? Did you learn early about, uh, you know, kind of how far you can push it without people <laughs> making people sad? Not really. I didn't talk about it too much. And I remember Nick DiPaolo had a great joke. He just said, if any city could use a good douching. And I don't think any, uh, that was, that really made me laugh. I was like, I'm not going to top that one. But uh, no, I, I, I was more like, I was like, I was this weird, like Dave Attell, Stephen Wright combo. I had weird, goofy <laughs> one-liners with misdirection. Right. But okay. I, I didn't know what I was doing. But I was, but for my first two years, I was just set up punch, set up punch, set up punch. Yeah, yeah. Then I learned how to evolve that into like storytelling and get personal. But I mean, I just had my first two years, man. Nobody's that great. I just had weird, yeah. weird. Were, were you a student of comedy? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I was obsessed with uh, stand-up from a very young age. I remember being, I couldn't even comprehend what they were talking about, but I remember watching all the comic reliefs on HBO when I was a kid. And then when I was in like high school, um, was prime time for Comedy Central Presents, the half hour specials, and then Premium Blend. And I watched every single episode. Like I remember Dane Cook on Premium Blend and Mitch Hedberg way before they were even famous. And mm -hmm. uh, comedy movies, My, uh, I, I grew up a huge Monty Python fan and Mel Brooks <laughs> and <laughs> Saturday Night Live. Yeah, yeah. Just comedy all the way around. That's yeah. awesome. That's, yeah. you know, um, and I, I'm gonna, I'm leading towards something, but on this, mm -hmm. but did you have a, um, did, would you stay for? I know that you were probably working, but one of the things that I'm noticing is that um, there's not a lot of hanging out after mics, or they, or they don't watch other comics, or they stand in the back and they judge. Uh, you know, it's that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. did did you have that did you i mean did you make some fast friends and did you guys oh absolutely i think the, the hang is more fun than doing stand-up sometimes <laughs> nothing beats talking shop after the show your friends you, you go to a bar or you go to a diner and you all go over your sets sometimes that is way more fun than the show itself that you just did exactly uh, uh, the first five years that helium comedy club was open in philadelphia i worked there so uh, oh. bef before he I started about a year before helium opened and Philly did not have a real comedy club. We had a comedy club. It was a B room, but helium opened. And now, holy shit, we have David tell Maria Bamford, Pat Oswalt. So right. I would hang at the comedy club every single weekend and just watch in the back. And right, right, there is right. no better way to learn. I mean, you need to get up on stage and do your stuff, but there is no better way to learn than just sitting yeah. and watching different comics every single week yeah. or every right. single night. That's awesome. That's, yeah, right. and that's, is that, um, um, so I'm assuming you don't go out to mics anymore because you're working so much. Um, a, a couple here and there. Uh, I live 
in the suburbs, like 40 minutes, 45 minutes outside Philadelphia. So I have a little less options, but sometimes I, I venture in and every now and then there's like a pop-up open mic in my neighborhood, which is pretty cool. Um, I, I definitely don't go as often as I used to, but I mean, I still need to work on new stuff. And sometimes I don't want to mess it up in front of 300 people on a Friday night. So I got to dry run it somewhere, you know? Right. Right. Is it, do you find that you actually do though work your new stuff? And if so, in your yeah. set, where, where do you put, I always ask comics this cause I love to know where they put it. Okay. Where do you put your new stuff? I am a glutton for punishment. And this just happened recently. Uh, when I was in San Francisco three weeks ago, I opened with it and I know you're not supposed to do that. They, or so they say, it's I've heard, I mean, cause you would want to open with something strong that, you know, works to get them on board. But I just, I was like, I was so excited to try some stuff. Right. I went out, I opened with it and it did well. And then I opened every show with it all the whole rest of the weekend. And I feel like when I open with it and I force myself into the flames, right. you, your confidence rises and you have to rely on yourself. And I love that. Uh, that rush that I got from that. It's way more fun than putting it in the middle between shit that works. Have you, know? you ever had it go wrong when you did that? Oh, way? yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, one or two of the shows in San Fran, I, I, I had to bail myself out of a hole. But, I mean, I knew the sh I knew it was there. just wasn't the crowd for it. But, um, right, 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 right. And now, like, that I know that I've opened with that new stuff, like, right off the bat. Host brings me up. I open with it. Now I feel like I have a new opener for the next couple months because I feel comfortable opening with this chunk now. So like, I feel like that put me in a new spot to continue on the other stuff. Right. And then when the new stuff does well up front, I want to keep the new stuff going. So I don't do my tried and true material until I run through all the new stuff I want to do. I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm like pushing the older stuff out for now. I had, you know, and working on the new stuff. I'm with you. That's exactly where I put my new stuff. Yeah. It's I always put it up front. I always, I, I always, I, Only I'm, because I'm, as I've gotten older, it's where I remember it. If I forget, <laughs> I won't remember it at the end. So if I have to do it now up front or I oh, don't remember it. But that's true. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like I've heard time, my whole entire career put it in the middle between stuff that works. And that's great advice. But I'm just challenging myself more to uh, step out of my comfort zone and being like, hey, what's up? I've never said this before. Let's see what happens. Right. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes it's great, too to find it a new bit uh, based on your uh, surroundings, based on that building, the walls, there's something that interesting about that room. And anything it shows that you're in the moment to the audience. Yeah. The car ride in. Yeah. Or just something. Yeah. It's, it's always, I mean, it's an old hack. It's not really hack. It's just one of those things you learn and you learn it on the road. You don't, you yes. know, you learn it on the road and uh, you can tell a road comic because if they're talking about something local or they'll, you know, they'll re reference something local or they will reference something that happened to them at a such and such. Now, it might be a tried and true bit that they use in every city. Yes. But it endears you right to the crowd that you're, you're in front of. Absolutely. And since like uh, we're comics and we travel a lot, a lot of my actually my opening thing right now is about traveling. I'll be like, hey, I live in Philadelphia. I flew in yesterday. This is what happened. It's a perfect segue because I mean, and, and, and this stuff is all true. So I'm just telling them about what happened on my way to get to Tulsa or San Francisco right. or Jacksonville, wherever. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So it's a uh, it's. I, I mean, you're, you're, you have a huge schedule. Um, 
is your year pretty much booked now? Uh, it's actually winding down. I mean, I have a couple, actually, uh, I'm done flying for the rest of the year. Uh, all, all of my stuff from here through the end of the, through December is close to Philly, New Jersey, or like an under a six hour drive. So I'm pretty uh, happy about that. Under a so, six hour drive. God love you. I've been there so many times. I know. Well, I just did four yeah. today. That wasn't bad at all. It's not. I mean, it, it's, Anything under eight to me is fine. A couple podcasts, some music. I really can uh, make the ride go so much easier. Right. So much more. Are so much better than talk radio used to be. Oh, my oh God. I know. And I, I, I don't really listen to too many podcasts, but I do listen to uh, Greg Fitzsimmons podcast. And then I'm a, I'm in the car alone, but I'm listening to two comedians talk shop. So yeah, I never right. get away from it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I've been, uh, we were talking when we we worked together. I was saying how much I miss, I miss my mornings with Jimmy Kimmel and and Colbert and all these yeah. things. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. yeah. The streaming of the show the night what, before, right? What an impact it has had on. I just think everybody's state of mind. They don't have that comedy relief anymore. I mean, yeah. ha- having those shows off the off the air, it's. It's just, I mean, uh, you have to go searching for stuff. That it's a giant be, void. It's a huge void. And now yeah. they have a podcast called Fifth Strike. I just Strike, saw that. Strike, is, Strike, Strike Force. Force. Yeah. Is that is that like Kimmel Colbert, John Stewart, and like a John Oliver? And John Oliver. Hand, okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Right. And 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 uh, Seth Meyer. Okay. And, cool. And, uh, and uh, Jimmy 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 Fallon. Strike oh, wow. Force Five. Strike Force Five is the name of the podcast. That's a lot of personality. And they're doing well. They talk over each other constantly. But exactly, uh, that would drive me nuts. <laughs> but they, but they, um, they're making money for their staffs. They're raising so money awesome. for their. I know it's awesome. Thank God we don't have a staff, Art, or they'd starve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so That's anyway. so funny. <laughs> but. Um, so, do you have a question, Arthur, you wanted to ask? Yeah. Uh, uh, you talked to Brad Upton the other, in your last, well, I, I was just listening to your Brad Upton episode. Oh, yeah, that was great. That was so much fun. Right, yeah. Now, um, what, uh, how, where did you guys meet? At Helium Comedy Club in Philadelphia, in my Philadelphia. home club. Oh, okay. I um, <clears throat> asked. Uh, I asked. I had been. I'd been a fan of his for quite some time, and we had never met, never crossed paths. I never right. seen him live, and then um, I saw he was on the calendar, and I asked the right. club if I could open for him, if I could feature for him, and they said right. yes. We did two shows on a Sunday, and then two months later, back in March. Um, I was headlining in Austin and he was headlining the night before me. So I came in a day early to open for him before I did my shows. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. yeah. Austin's such a great room. It, it used to be, it's still okay. the same, thing, but here's a better it's, question. Yeah, it, oh, it's here's a great a comedy question. town. Yeah, okay, here's a better question. And, and I didn't, uh, I wasn't ready when you said that. So I told you, I warned you, they're not all going to be a list <laughs> question. Um, are you more of a, uh, write in a notebook guy or write on the fly guy? Like notebook and it's right here right the first thing i do when i get into a hotel room is unpack my bag and put my notebook on the desk and first thing just, i do when i when i shut the door is it like just organic you show up and you go oh 
you know, I've been thinking about this topic, and then you start to riff. Or... No, I'm a, I'm a little more scripted. I like having the basic skeleton there, but I'm a lot more comfortable riffing on stage than I was. I used to be, like, not a robot verbatim, yeah. but, like, I, 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 I have a game plan, and I'm pretty particular with my wording, so I know what I'm saying, but I'm a lot more loose now, and I'm not afraid to, like, try tags off the cuff or segue bits in different ways and totally like reverse the order. But like, no, I have notebooks. I love the act of writing stuff down. I do put some stuff in the computer, but like, I just love notebooks. I love pocket size ones so I yeah. can jot something down as it happens in the moment at a gas station or just wherever. And that's great because you held your uh, ah, it's, notes It's nice up. to be young. <laughs> you held your notes up, which means I can freeze frame that and uh, see what bits you're working on and see if I can get the jump on it. Absolutely. Uh, I don't know what I don't know what page I held up, but by all means you make it better for me. Okay. Do do, do the work for me. <laughs> let's let's talk about that. I like the physical bit. act of writing too. I do yeah. the same thing. I have a little notebook and that just having an actual pencil that you can erase and actually sitting down and, and keeping it right there, it's never going to, the digital file is never going to go away. It's never going to be locked to you. Mm -hmm. And it's just, there's something really, yeah, like say, it's cathartic and uh, it's, it's just a tactile experience. Sometimes your mind moves faster than like the pen. Yes, so sure. if I'm writing something, I have a spare piece of paper off to the side for the other random thought. So if I'm writing about topic A, but then I think of B, I write the B idea on the small piece of paper. Oh. So I know to, know to go back oh, to you're it later. Oh, Clever. God, you're okay. That's, That's funny because my mind has probably never psychotic. moved faster. No, no. My mind has never moved faster than my pen. I don't think ever since I started. So it's the other way around. And you sometimes know, when you, have... when you like, oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. I want to hear sometimes when, just, my... when you're just writing the ideas yeah. flow better. I guess it's the same way with typing, but like when you just let the pen fly, I just feel like, yeah, right. I feel like I write better when I actually write with a pen as opposed to just typing something into a document or like a notes section in my computer. Right. Yeah. Well, that's uh, you've heard of the book, The Artist's Way, probably. Oh yeah, Julia Cameron. Yeah, the the morning mm -hmm. pages. That's her whole morning her, pages. The backbone of that whole uh, exercise is the morning pages. Right now, three pages, free form yes. thought, just a free association. The easiest thing to do, but also the hardest thing to do. Oh, hardest and the hardest thing to read afterwards. The, I, 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 have, that. I have done that three page writing thing and quit so many times like it's right. just why okay wake up and write sounds so easy in theory i wake up i'm like i'm not doing that, that now i know yeah. it's like you haven't had a thought it's like i have no exactly thought. like I, 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 I haven't even peed i haven't brushed my teeth now i'm doing work right. like come on <laughs> my back itches exactly i, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I uh i have a uh I have, we talked about this because you keep all your notebooks and I've kept mm -hmm. a lot of my notebooks. I did dump a bunch that I kept looking at the same notebook going, it, I, I buy these, I had big ones and stuff. And I it's like, Oh my God, it's the same shit. I just wrote the same. I mean, it's like, it's I just, have a lot of repeats too, because you, and so like, it, I, yeah. So, but what I was wondering is, um, have, do you go back once a year and look at old stuff and it triggers something? Yes, I do that frequently because whenever I finish a notebook, I start the new notebook with the best ideas from the previous one. Oh, so that's I, smart. 
So I find myself constantly combing through my previous three notebooks because sometimes ideas get lost. Yeah. Um, so I try to stay on top of like no. my last three notebooks. Yeah. Um, but then every now and then I'll pick a random one off the shelf from 15 years ago and scan through it and be like, man, I forgot about that. I can make that better. Or I don't know what the F this even yeah, means. I know. I know. You can say fuck <laughs> on our shows. Okay. But yes. Uh, but, um, uh, yeah, it's like, uh, that's my problem now is I had a tendency to, not that anybody asked, but I have a tendency, I had a tendency back in the day to just write the word, mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, uh, Volkswagen. Okay. Okay. Or, and, the, and then you would know all the bullet points under that just by typing the one word or yeah, writing the I used word. to, I used to do that, uh-huh. you know, and uh, but boy, uh-uh, not anymore. <laughs> oh, Ew, yeah. that does not work out at all. I, I go, what was, I had three tags for that. Where the yeah, hell did right, that? Yeah, no kidding. But anyway, yeah. Um, so, uh, that's how my, that's my, how my notes uh, were like bits that I thought would be funny the next day. When I used to smoke weed, I'd, I'd wake up in the next morning, it would be like dinosaur juice. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you just go, nope. Nothing. nothing. I, I got. I got nothing. Yeah. I that, definitely was, have was, had drunk, that, drunk, yeah. drunk <laughs> voice memos in my phone and like indiscernible handwriting where it's like, right. what were you even trying to say? Come on. Yeah. Was that a big uh, part of your socializing? Uh, were you a pot smoker? Did you? Did no. You- no. Um, very, very, very infrequently. Like when I started doing stand up, um, around the corner from Helium was an Irish pub called the Bards. And after every Tuesday open mic, we would all go to the Bards for late night drinks. They would open till two, and we would go after the open mic and talk shop for literally hours every single Tuesday. That's, That's so great. awesome. Oh, it, yeah. was so, it was so fun. And some of my absolute fondest memories are me and my crew that I started with. Like we were doing we were hosting the open mic and hosting at the club we were all babies and we, and we would, it was it was just so fun that that crew oh i do have a question for you about that yeah back back in the day when you were going to open mics how many hosts were there um not all that many i feel like helium no did but i mean a, in one show how many would how many would host a show how oh many just people? one person would host the whole open mic do you have this now where they have multiple hosts on an open mic? I do not believe so. Well, they do. Here in Portland, it's all about variations That's of open mics. Thing. Yeah, right. No, That's, I yeah. I've I mean, I've seen open mics. There's um there was one in Philly for years and years and years. It was divided into two halves. It was a long open mic. Like I'm talking 9 p.m. to 1 a.m. They had a 20-minute intermission, and then someone would host the first half and someone would host the second. But that that's also fine. That's two people in one sure. night. But but no, no. The way the clubs were, when you hosted the open mic, 20 people sign up and you host the whole entire show. You just bring everybody up. How many are running – how many do they usually run on a mic in Philadelphia or in, in, in the area? Um, and Helium, when I was doing it, would have around 20 comics on. But um, some of these bar shows, I think it's just a, however many people sign up. It could be 10. It could be 40. And then the more comics sign up, the less time you get. 
So like you're better off being at a mic that only has 12 or 15 people as opposed to one that's going to have 37 because not everybody's yeah. doing two and a half or three minutes. And also who wants to sit through 37 people? Nobody. Nobody. Yeah, exactly. And, it's and, exhausting. And are there audiences? It depends where. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, I remember a lot of open mics. Uh, they were on Tuesdays here in Philly. And some some weeks there would there be 10 or 12 people. Other weeks there'd be 170 like and everything in between um but some of the more established open mics tend to get more of a crowd and even if it is like an open mic just charge five bucks that way there's an invested interest and that five bucks goes to the bar and you know you're less likely to deal with obnoxious people if they just paid a couple bucks as opposed to just you know walking in off the street and then some jackasses telling jokes in the corner (laughs) you know did you have a um I just keep asking questions, Art. If you no, want, no, by all, yeah. Art, you have anything else you hey, want no, to ask? No, I'll interrupt that? if I do. Don't okay, worry. thank you, thank you. Um, I guess what I'm getting at is we have uh, with the with the body of work, and you've been in it almost, you've been in it 19 years. The body of work that you've you've had, and that when did you go pro? Um. Well, about three or four years in, I started hosting at Helium. So I was now opening, like my first hosting weekend ever was Nick DiPaolo. And then I got to host for like Greg Giraldo and David Tell and Patrice O'Neill. So now I'm working with like bigger names, sold out audiences, people that are on Comedy Central. And I loved Tough Crowd with Colin Quinn. I I opened for Colin Quinn. Um, And then I would always offer like hey if you need a host or a feature let me know and then over time like healing up in the second location i'd probably say about 10 years in maybe like eight between eight and ten years i was um at least making a couple hundred couple thousand bucks a month and like getting out of town whether it was baltimore or connecticut or new york or even portland oregon or ohio i was i was i had enough of a network of headliners that would at least bring me around that help me out here or there that's great did you did you have a day job that you got to quit? No, I still have my day job, and I actually love it. I've been bartending at the same place for also 19 That's years. That's what I thought, yeah. And I am the luckiest day job worker in the world because I just bartend Monday, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays, and it leaves my Thursday to Sundays open for all all travel. I mean, I can't even count the times I've closed up my bar on Wednesday night. I was on a plane to California five hours later. I fly home on Sunday night. I'm back behind my bar 10 hours later. That's uh, awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Cool. It, is it a sports bar? Um, It's a public golf course in Philadelphia. So no, it's not really a sports not bar, really. but it is a, a golf course. But it's in Philadelphia, it's, so there's television. Suburbs. Suburbs, yeah. Uh, That's good. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's great. It's great. I'm I'll be there. It'll be 20 years there in February. I started that job and stand up in the same year. Nice. Wow. That's great. And that's, that's, and you know, that's the way it has to be done now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you yeah. Have I have amazing coworkers. They love to come out to shows. It's, it's, it's awesome. And they're very, everybody is very, very supportive. So I'm very lucky to, to have a, a job that lets me just do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Have, has the golf club ever had you as a as a as a? Mm-hmm. I do shows there every single year. I used to do one show a year, and now I do one weekend a year. And every February, I do a Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And this year, back in February, I had 
out 280 people at all three shows. Nice. Oh, that's great. Oh, and that's a lot great. of them probably knew you. Yeah, it's a oh, lot yeah. of my regulars come and a lot of people. Right, every year, people bring more people, and sometimes people don't want to go into the city, so I bring the show to them. Right. And it's, well, that's uh, just, yeah, that's the other mm-hmm. thing is they don't want to. They When you live in a big city, when there's a big city, it's like, People don't, they don't think they can park. They don't. You know. It's everything. It's getting downtown. It's traffic on the highways. It's parking. It's, uh, does the parking garage close at 10 or 11? You know, yeah. yeah. am I going to get stabbed? You know, <laughs> those silly little things. Yeah. Exactly. Like, come on, you may get murdered, but after my show. <laughs> or maybe it's just so a little cool. stabbing, just a little in the arm yeah. or something. <laughs> just a little, just a little pinch. Um, yeah. Are you a mentor to anybody? Um, I don't think so, but more and more, like, every now and then, I'm starting to get more and more, um, like, social, like, Instagram or Facebook messages from local comics that ask me questions about anything, about open mics or trying to get on the road or any sort of question they may have, and that's pretty cool. Um, It means a lot that people... um, look at me and think I have some advice and I do, I've been there, but at the same time, I have a new comic asking me questions. I'm turning around and now I'm asking Dan Cummins something because I don't know what the hell I'm doing at this level. So I find that like it never goes away because I, I remember having a conversation with Tom Segura one time and Tom Segura was asking Bill Burr about doing arenas. So whenever you hit the next step, you're always going to have to get advice from the one that did that before you. Like Bon Bon Jovi, Bon Jovi gave pink advice when she started doing stadiums. So like, no matter what you Mm -hmm. do, you have to ask those who went before you how it's, you know, what to do or what their experience was. I always tried to discourage if I was driving to a gig somewhere in the boonies and some, uh, the opening act would say, you know, what kind of advice? And I'd go, look, you just saw that road sign that said Pocatello 112 miles, right? Um, are you sure you want to be asking me advice? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> advice like how to get here. Yeah, I always just my my go to is just write as much as you can and get on stage as much as you can. Yeah, write on stage and get as much as yeah. you can. And a lot of times you, you mean well to give them good advice, but like especially with material, you'll be telling them how you would do things, and it might not necessarily be their process. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know. I've or stopped. You, I've stopped doing. I've stopped. Uh, talking about the material they if they're in the car with me and they want to talk to material i kind of go i can't do that with you anymore i can't do Mm -hmm. i i don't you have to find your own voice and if you don't do the work you're never going to find the boy yeah i i i had a buddy we had a great rule if we were talking material we could never run a bit by each other unless we said it on stage first we could never say hey i had this idea is this funny we could only run a joke by each other if we already did it on stage oh, then we would workshop it. and i thought that was pretty cool because we already had to be yeah. like okay here's here's what i said right. how can i make it better as opposed to just being like hey i had this idea nope tell me what you already said you know what i mean mm, interesting right. oh, and it also takes the the stigma of thievery off the table in case they have a similar premise. Oh, absolutely. And, and especially I mean, like if, if you're talking about your life, you know, hopefully nobody's stealing your uh, your own personal experiences or life stories. But yeah, that's the, that's the, yeah. So when you work with younger, when, when you work with newer comics, 
so, and you're, you're, you're headlining and you've got a guy in front of you or a woman in front of you. Cause you work, you can work both sides of the fence. You can go, you can go blue if you want to, you mm -hmm. said, but you, there you go. And, but you, uh, but you, I saw you work clean and you read your audience well. Chris told me to be clean. And then you said, God damn it, two seconds in. I'm like, what, 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 what is this gig? Could I have done other stuff that I could, could I have been more of myself? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah I felt Chris, that, Chris was yeah. like, cause I specifically <laughs> like, like wrote a detailed clean set list for every show I did for him that week. And then you went out on stage and, and, and it was absolutely hilarious, but you were cursing. And I was like, I was allowed to, I could have done this myself. <laughs> I know. I, it's just, they, you know, they, they give me the guidelines, but I'm Fuck not em. a follower. <laughs> I'm not a follower. That's so much but, fun. Uh, but uh, what I'm, what I'm getting at is that how do you dig out of the hole of the comic before you? Um, What's your process? Cause I they, always... they, they dig holes. They, they certainly can. Um, I try, well, if the comic before me has a uh, less than favorable set, I think I have two or three openers that I've been opening up with the past 10 or 12 years. I don't really do them too much anymore, but usually, I hate to put numbers on it, I would say they will work 90% of the time. I'll open up with both of them just to hopefully kick him in the teeth and get him going. Or maybe I'll sometimes, like I'm not low energy by any means, but I'll go no. out with like a little more energy than I normally do. And then like um, specifically look, make eye contact with everybody I can see in the first couple seconds to like make sure they're focusing. I might speak a little bit louder, um, just something to get the whole um, attention of the room. And also that goes, that goes for the same way if the comic in front of me crushes and I have to match their energy. So, yeah. you know what I mean? Sometimes it's a saver to dig myself out of a hole, but sometimes I have to kick it up a notch just to keep the energy that the previous comic already brought the crowd to. Right. But right. You, but the rule of thumb is you never start at that peak. You have to build back because mm. especially if they're a high energy act, you you come on, and give it a give it a three oh, beats well, and then let it yeah that kind of thing. If there's a high energy act, I have said this a million times. It's not even a funny joke. It could be a stock joke for all I know. I will literally just stand there. I'll wait till they it, the room is silent and I just go. I don't have that kind of energy, so we're gonna there bring you it go. down. There you go. Like, <laughs> and then they they can tell by the way I'm standing there, uh, and my tone that like okay I'm not gonna be running laps or doing jumping right. jacks. This is my speaking voice. The next. 20, 30, 45 minutes, this is it. <laughs> I've said I, that uh, I've before. You know, I just, you have to wait a pause and you're like, no, look guys, I'm not going to try to top that. And then you just, <laughs> here's what it is. I, you, I, I, I remember living, when I was living in LA, you go to these, um, you go to the improv or someplace and you'd see Igby's, you'd see a dozen heavy hitters, boom, 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 one after another. And they weren't trying to top each other. They were just getting up and changing it to their voice. They were just mm -hmm. getting up and going, okay, now here's what you're getting. And it's different. And I hope you like it. Yeah, that's the crazy thing. Was, oh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. no, it, that, it was a great lesson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I haven't really spent too much time in L.A. or New York, but I love seeing these lineups at, like, the comedy cellar or the store where it's, like, 
somebody high energy like Sebastian Maniscalco. And then you have somebody like Maria Bamford, who's a little alternative. Then you have like Todd Barry, who's like a one-liner guy. Like every single comic is wildly different in their voice. And these lineups are just every 15 minutes, you are adjusting to a totally different volume or style of comedy, you know? The comedy magic lists are the ones you want to get your hands on someday because they're just comedy magic lists, the comics that, you know, that work at, out, of, out at Hermosa Beach. That I, I've somebody, heard amazing things about that place. Oh, yeah, it's a great, it's a great. I've, I mean, from, from from everybody, not not just you. You talked about that on my yeah. podcast, but uh, yeah. I mean, I just heard that it's legendary. It is, and it's probably one of the only, I mean, the Ice House, the Ice House was too easy. Um, nobody would take a tape from the ice house because those crowds were just, they were just ready to go. There was no, you, you know, you didn't have to, you didn't have to earn your chops. You could oh, walk on stage and tie yeah. your shoes and get a standing ovation. It was crazy. That's, you know, it's so funny when you have those kind of crowds and then uh, the next night you get your ass handed to you. Yes, it's like you, yes. can do, you can do no wrong. You yeah. can just throw a bottle of water at a baby and the place goes nuts. And then the very next night you have to start from ground zero and crawl your way to a mediocre set. <laughs> I know. Have you, okay. I do have one question. Cause I, yeah. I love to talk about what's the oddest act you've ever worked with. Oddest. You don't have to um, name names, but what, tell me what they did. That was so odd that you, you kind of went, what the hell are they doing? Um, I had to follow a magician one time in the middle and like, I'm not shitting on magicians. I enjoy magic. I have friends that are magicians, but it just didn't like the host did stand up. Then the middle acted magic. Then I would stand up and he was like bringing people up on stage and doing card tricks and his clothes where he like lit somebody's uh, wallet on fire, but he didn't, it was magic. And I was like, this isn't just, this isn't what I want to follow. Right. Like, it's just, it's derailing. I mean, he had laughs in his set, but like, I'm such a purist. I just want stand up. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if it's a comedy and magic show, absolutely. But like, I don't know. I don't want to sound like a dick here, but like, don't no. throw a magician in the feature set in a comedy club. Uh, if the, no. if the, well, put him in the headlining spot, honestly. Uh, I remember having to follow Mark V. McCollum at a matinee uh-huh. show in Dallas one time, and it was like a family thing. So there's kids running around, and he had this puppet thing on a stick. He'd get up and, hey, kids, oh, come on down front. Everybody gather around now. And he did an hour or, or 20 minutes of that, and then, <laughs> then I get up, and I'm just talking. And uh, it didn't go. Yeah, well. just it's I um, I'm I'm a huge fan. <laughs> I one time I was performing at Paul F. Tompkins is from Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. uh, comics. Oh, yeah. He's very funny. He got me a guest set at the UCB in Hollywood 15 years ago. Right. And I had to follow Maria Bamford, and that is her turf. That is her crowd. The UCB, the UCB tends to um, skew a little bit towards like alternative comedy, and I'm not. And man, I bombed so bad following her. I mean, like she ripped the roof. She ripped the roof off of the building. And I think if I got crickets, it would have been nice to hear a sound. I didn't even get that. And um, I I can laugh about it now, but 15 years ago, that shook me for like a month. Oh, fuck. I wouldn't. I I saw Maria (laughs) work with Susan here in Portland, and I didn't want to do comedy for a week after her. 
because it's just it was shocking on man she gets up and she's just blows oh, why are we away. doing this we don't yeah, talk about like, that. why am i still I, uh, doing this yeah be but uh I, Go ahead. Following, oh no, following some people can be. I followed Todd Glass and I matched his energy. Oh, I followed nice. um, Tony Woods and Tom Segura, and I find that, like, I've I followed some bigger names right. um, in in recent years. And when they when the crowd sees a surprise celebrity drop in or like a bigger name or a killer killer headliner, they're typically in a great mood. So like, I'm not scared of following some you know most people anymore because all you have to do is kind of match their energy they're in a great mood you just kind of have to get them right away right. so and you have they, to they, acknowledge they, the, the brilliance that went before you oh absolutely yeah. you know and you then, just have to kind of go well yeah this is you know this is going to be fun let's go yeah uh but um because i uh the other night i was talking to art about this i um i was doing a show and it was a paid show they charged it was a wednesday night and uh everybody in the room was i think the oldest person might have been 30 mm -hmm. it, except for me there might okay there was a guy in his 40s i think one guy there this is the audience and the whole crowd the whole group were uh maybe two three years in the whole you know and all they talked about was uh well, it was all about sex. It was all, you know, they, you know, positions and, you know, things that, that I had to look up on my phone. And um, <laughs> and then and asked the guy next to me, I go, what does that mean? But um, that's so uh, funny. It's true. It's sad. It's that's true. Why, well, it's funny because it's true that that's a phrase for oh, a reason. God, it's just crazy. <laughs> but um, they all had parents with that had met that had been on meth every single one of these comics had a parent the parent material that was about about that their parents were on meth that sounds like a very oregon thing yeah right is, is that right <laughs> i was like are you in the right room and i was like sure i don't know not like a meeting i didn't know how to feel first of all i'm old enough to be these kids grandmother right. mm -hmm. okay you know and but I, you know, and then they're just sitting there and they're looking at me and, you know, they, none of the, none of the MCs, there was two MCs that got on stage anyway. I don't, anyway. Was it and, an open mic or a regular show? No, no, it was a regular show. Regular show. And, um, uh, so, so, so the same topics all, were being covered, nice, the same topics were being covered all the whole entire time? Every, every, every single comic that got up, and of course there was six of them. I had to follow six comics on a Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. Which was weird. Um, I get four, six. I think is too many. But anyway, yeah. and they were nice kids. I'm not saying they weren't nice. They were great kids, nice people. But um, and some of them had some some good material, but it was just slogging through. It was they weren't listening to each other. They didn't have enough, you know, material to switch gears because the guy in front of them <laughs> did. The thing about the mother being on meth mm -hmm. you know, and stuff like yeah. that and, of course, and i'm writing i'm writing tags for him in the back going oh shit no you missed that you missed okay you missed right. that one okay you had a tag there but you yeah. didn't see but this kind of thing but um uh where was i going with this this is my problem oh um i you know we're talking about matching the energy of you also have to match the energy of of being older i have to find a way of relating to a younger crowd after 
five comics in front of me mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. have all talked about the same thing. Yeah. And Did you I, open with something to acknowledge that? Yeah, I just opened. I said, geez, I had no idea that there's so much. These kids had parents with meth. My folks were just Irish drunks. That's all. I mean, mm-hmm. I just, and I went on with that, you know. And which is a great opener. Just acknowledge but, it and throw throw something in there. Well, they took offense. The kids took offense. Oh, um, um, because of Irish? Because you said Irish? I don't know. They, they I mean, it was like well, I well, had, but they didn't understand. But it's it's DC, an old. Uh, yeah. I they had no. I, well, they didn't have the experience to know. You got to acknowledge. Yeah. You have to acknowledge, you know, there's, I am, I told him, I said, I felt like I was a highlight. I was in the highlight book from, from the 1950s and 60s. And when you're in grade school, you got the highlight magazine and you played the, one of these things is not like the other. And you circled what was not like the other. I was, I was the thing that was not like the other. I was, I was, I was the elephant in the room. I was like, what? I don't know. Anyway. Um, those are those are all the things that I I, uh, I was asking. I was going to ask you also uh, about uh, from the time you started from the to now. What's been the biggest thing that you've had to adjust to? What's the biggest change you've had to adjust to in comedy? Um, that's a very good question. Honestly, I think it's something I'm going through right now, and it's dealing with. Um, all the shit about with social media, like posting clips and recording all these sets. And that's not just even that it's putting captions on them or making funny videos. Like I hate that. I do I, too. Abso- yeah. I yeah. absolutely hate it. Like I'm not a, I'm not opposed to filming a set and putting up two or three funny clips from it, but like, it just seems like so much more than that now. And like the term content creator gets thrown around. And um, I feel like there's a weird shift in comedy where so many non standups are considered comedians because they make funny videos. And like I said, a few minutes ago, I'm a purist. I just love stand up. So I feel like there's this weird shift happening right now. And it's not like it's a terrible thing either, but it's just, Comedy has evolved in such a way since the pandemic that it's uh, yeah. not what it was even in 2019 with all of the posting online and building a fan base just online and hoping these people come see you when you go to Tampa. And you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. no. it's not just being a stand up, there's just so much extra shit involved. I do you I use a lot of uh, email promotions? Uh, how do you promote yourself? Um, pretty much. Well, I don't, I mean, I don't have a huge following, but if, if I pretty much remember who's, who I've met in what city. Everybody stuff, knows you, Pat. Everybody I talk well, to knows you. So you do have well, a following. I mean, I can't go to Houston and headline a club and draw, you know what I mean? Oh, but yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, I tend to like, I just Facebook and Instagram, hey, I'm headlining here. Tell all your friends and family in the area. Or if it's like a repeat city, I message, uh, everybody and like i'm headlining my home club philly in november and i'll be posting on facebook and instagram and twitter but nothing beats i mean this is my hometown so i will text a million people because that that way it also makes it personal hey what's going on how's your kids i don't care i'm at helium november 8th (laughs) oh you don't have kids Uh, well (laughs) get a babysitter put the dog down come to helium whatever you have to do (laughs) didn't mean it like that (laughs) well that's that's because i because you're that age you are 
you are at the border of Gen Z. Yeah, because there's a whole class of comics younger than me that are so good at social media. And um, it's there's the, the, like when I started doing stand up, uh, this is, there was still no social media really. Like we went to the open mic, and you, the only way the, the club was going to find out about you was if you did the open mic and they saw you. You didn't do MySpace? <laughs> uh, I did when it first came on, but I started a little bit before that. Yeah. And then uh, Dane Cook took over. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's just totally different now. And you can email a booker and be like, hey, here's my Instagram. I have all my stand-up on here. It's like, holy shit, this is, this is just insane. It is, man. <laughs> I know. I, I, uh... I started out, I had a folder with rub-off letters on the front of it. That was how I promoted myself. A folder with a resume and a photo in it. Yeah. And I had to scratch off the letters onto the front of it. I always no, think no about... Computers. I know, Sue, we, we, we talked about Dom Herrera when you were on my right. podcast. I and love I love Dom. I love talking to Dom. He's been a mentor to me. Uh, but I remember him just telling me stories about, like, yeah, you had to look in the newspaper or call the comedy club to see who was in town this weekend. Mm-hmm. And yeah. now it's like, yeah. it's just... And that, that was before my time, but I mean, things just seemed just so much more simple then because now it's requires so much, so much work just to right. be seen. Well, it's, it's a job. I mean, it is it, a full time I mean, job. Yeah. Uh, our friend. And that Dave doesn't Le- even include be- your jokes or being on stage. Right. That's our, just friend, the- our friend Gabe Rutledge is one of the hardest working comics. Yeah. He's 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 closing in close. He's closing in on Brad. Uh, Gabe has, I mean, he is he's everywhere. He he posts clips almost every day on on Facebook Reels and on Instagram, and then he's got um, he's got a podcast. He's got, I mean, he's got, and he does his, he on the way home is his name is the name of his podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he does it in his car on his way home. He re- he records his podcast on his way home, and he talks oh, about. Oh, that's a great idea. That's, that's a fabulous that's, idea. But he does two birds one stone. He's a, he's got kids. He doesn't have time once he gets home to do a podcast. So he does it, you know, on the way ho- on the ride home. And it's just it's anyway. But and um, he's he's constantly posting. And I said I asked him the other day. I said, "What? How do you keep up?" He said. I record every set and then the next morning, that's my job. After, if I'm home, kids to school, that's taken care of. And I hold up, you know, for three and a half hours in my office or whatever, I cut my clips, I upload, I do the, you know, and he, I think he probably uses that, that app where you can time it when things launch. Yeah. 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 There's, yeah, yeah. there's ways to do that. But it's like, Cause I go, how the hell do you have time to, I mean, if I have to create an event on Facebook, it's an all day, it's an all day task. You're not kidding. It's it's, Jesus Christ. It's insane. (laughs) It's just insane. And that's something like you asked me if um, I'm a mentor to anybody. And I said, younger comics reach out to me. I'm asking the younger kids questions. And that's what what the fuck is this? Like, what am I doing? What is this? (laughs) You have to. You have to. (laughs) Yeah. They go, I don't understand how to do this. How do I get it? It's this crazy, it's this crazy thing where like the, you know, the 21 year old comic has 50,000 Instagram followers, but doesn't have 10 minutes of material. And I'm the guy that can do two hours, but I don't know what the fuck I'm doing with with this app. (laughs) 21 people know you. (laughs) 
<laughs> exactly. It's a, such a weird, it's a really finding... become a crazy Susan time. Susan invited me to go. She did a seminar here in town with a lot, with some of the comics and a couple of the younger comics who were really good at promoting themselves. And she invited me to come and sit on the panel up there. And I didn't, she was, she, she wanted to acknowledge that I you know, had the seniority or whatever. And I, I appreciated that. It meant a lot. But I also felt like a doofus because I'm sitting up with my note. I brought my notebook. I'm like, I want to learn from these guys. I'm not here to. Well, to we had some really great. Con- I had, I had, I got up there and slapped them first because um, <laughs> I have some real issues uh, with the way things are run here. With Twenty but, comics in a show and. Oh, 40, yeah, 42. True, yeah, forty true, comics. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but I had uh, Tyler Bow, and Andrew Slater. Okay. And, and those guys both have had number number one and number two albums uh, nationwide. Uh, both have done two or three dry bars successfully and are, 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 are producing their own venues, producing their own shows, and which is a really great um, – it was – and we asked for people that uh, – I only wanted comics that were working comics at the – well, we got some that aren't working, working, but – I wanted working comics and producers at the at this seminar. I'm going to do another one at the Ha Ha Festival coming up. Uh, Tyler and I are going to do it, but um, we didn't talk material because I don't think uh, I want to do that because I don't think I could be objective. I would. Yeah. I would. Uh, here's my next question to you. Yeah. When you. You come from a blue a blue area. Philadelphia is pretty democratic, mm-hmm. and but you travel. You go south. You go everywhere. Uh, I you you don't. I don't think you do. I've never heard you do or watch when I've watched all your clips. I haven't seen any political humor. Never, not once. Don't touch any of it in any direction in any way, shape, or form. But have you noticed? certain areas where you're performing where just the fact where you say you're from Philadelphia, there's a, a wall comes down between you and your audience. Not really. I feel like I tend to be in cities for the most part. I think cities in general tend to be a little more democratic, a little more liberal, but no, I really haven't. Nobody's like giving me a hard time or a crowd hasn't like shut down because of it. Nobody's like said anything to me. And like my whole entire act, I talk about my life, my parents, my jobs, traveling, the weird shit that happens day to day. Like I just talk about my life. That's, that's it really. It's as simple, simple as that, but you can definitely walk into a room and like gaze the crowd before the show. I mean, know exactly where they stand. (laughs) You know? So on your social media, here's the other next question because I just got called out on my social media today. But on your social media, have you ever posted anything of your own political views? Mm-mm. You've never done that. I never have. Nope. That's well. That's probably smart. I wish I had done that. But <laughs> too late not, now. Not, not so much. Art and I. Art and I have had. You know, we we get. Um, I got pushback on something. Because I'm doing a show in my hometown at the end of this month. We did a benefit for uh, Planned Parenthood one time. We got a lot of, <laughs> a lot of people condemning us for that. Yeah, I've we done got... benef- I've done benefits for them as well. That was actually a really big. Th- a lot of comedians around the country were were doing benefits for Planned Parenthood. Yeah. I've yeah. seen a lot of those on Facebook. Right. I guess since since the pandemic, really. Um, but yeah. But... yeah, we get called baby murderers and uh, this and that. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, I mean, I was gosh. wondering if you had. And yeah. that's... 
that's, people that we didn't even know, but just strangers. I don't know how they were even finding out about us. But that's they, like that's an, another thing that just drives me nuts. Like these people hiding behind an a username without a profile yeah, picture that right. just troll people and post shit. Like get a fucking life. And then what they do too is <laughs> yeah. they share that information also, with everybody so that they're they're piling on. It's not just them; yeah. it's other strangers that they know. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's I, exhausting. Like I don't even, ha- I, I, I feel lazy with my own social media and I, I beat myself up for not posting enough jokes or enough clips. There is no way I could start a Facebook fight with somebody because that would just be even more of a waste of time. Yeah, for real. I have a personal question now. Yeah. So married, girlfriend, relationship, boyfriend, where do you at? I have a girlfriend. Do you? Very, very supportive. Well, and yeah. that's the next thing is that how long mm-hmm. have you, that guy's been together? She knows what she's doing. Yeah, she 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 knows I leave town a lot, so she's very very supportive. She's definitely all pro career. And she has she has her own life pretty much. I mean, that's yeah, kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she like this weekend. I'm uh, at right now was a last minute add on last week, so she's you know sometimes when stuff comes my way last minute, she knows I got to jump on it. Right. Did you, uh, did you meet her at a club? No, we, we had mutual friends. So it was kind of that thing, like mutual friends mm-hmm. inside and outside of comedy. Oh, good. Oh, good. Yeah. Cause, yeah. cause you're a handsome guy. I wish you guys, oh, thank we're, we're going to post a, a picture of him. Cause he's a handsome kid. You're a kid. You need me to send you a picture or are you going to pull I, a random one? Uh, if you want it, you want to send me a picture. By sure. all means, post, love post that. the one of us. We we took we took a great photo. You can re- repost that one if you'd like, unless okay. you want a new one. Sure. Well, just send me one. Send me one that you want on, and then we'll and then we'll post. I'll post another one. I'll post the one with us too. That was cute. Awesome. Was hotter than hell that day. It really was. It, it, that, whole, that whole week was insanely hot. When I was at uh went to Mount Rainier, I was at Packwood. It was 115. Like that's insane. That that is insane. So back to the girlfriend, though, I have one more question, just a little one, about um, because you're a handsome guy and women will hit on you. They'll come up to you after a show and want, they don't. No. Yes, they do. No, they do not. They absolutely do not. Oh, for God's sakes. Really? Oh, that's, I see. That's so strange because you, I mean, you're, you're a handsome guy. You don't talk about a relationship in the really, well, I didn't hear all your whole act, so I don't. Well, I mean, I, I, oh, I, I definitely have jokes about it, but like, um, yeah, like I said, Chris, I really thought I had to be like squeaky clean all those shows. So I specifically tailored my set to just, I knew what I I had a game plan for that whole entire week. Okay. All right. Well, next time I come back. Well, you're, will, uh, you're getting ready because you got to get ready for your show, and because uh, it's it's uh, five o'clock at your time, so you got to have yeah. some eat and get to the club. So, I want to say thank you, and I just adore you, and I'm hoping I get to see you again. I probably will not be in Philadelphia, but I know you're coming out here again because you have a sister out here. I do, and I already talked to Chris about coming back in the spring, so. In a few weeks, I'll definitely hit him up and see let what he has. Get you some, let me get you some stuff in Portland. I'll. I always rent a car when I'm out there, so let's let's make it happen. Well, and come out and work helium. Oh, I oh yeah, I'm I'm always in the loop with them. Uh, okay. Sometimes you know, it, a lot of headliners bring their features, so I have to find a week that works or 
finds money that doesn't bring you, you know you know the deal it's a whole tell people where to find you tell people um about your podcast give us a little rundown. uh my podcast is called i guess i'll do it with pat house which is a i it's mostly comedians but i dabbled in the other creative people as well just to find That's out right. how they got thank you very much how they got into their craft and um all my socials, a simple Pat House search could do it, but I'm uh, at Bohemian Pat City. Uh, like that one, at Bohemian Pat City. Thank right. you. Uh, yeah. At Bohemian, P-A-T-S-O-D-Y. And uh, people either love that handle or they hate it. Some people are like, that's awesome. And other people are like, that's stupid. But We'll put it on our podcast so people can find you too. Awesome. You're in my new, you're my new favorite. Thank you so much. It was, I, I had a blast working with you and we are going to make Chris put us together again when I come back out there. Now I'll open for you next time. No. Yep. Yep. No impossible problem. Impossible to follow. Oh no, I'm not. I, I'm easy. Anyway, thanks a lot. Have a great show tonight. Thank you so much. Enjoy the Have rest of your week. Fall. I'll be talking, talking to both of you soon. Have a good one. Thank you. Take care. Pleasure. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.